day and welcome to another great message from Mr. Christian Outreach Church. We pray you've been inspired and equipped by this teaching. For more information on Noosa Christian Outreach Church, please check out our website at noosacoc.org.au. Enjoy. Why don't you open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. There's a lot of great challenges in the Bible. And... um, you know, I, I, I contemplate these challenges regularly. You know, when Jesus says to us, he says, go make disciples of nations, teaching them to, to um, obey my commandments. He says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. He says, raise up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not p- depart from it. He says, a wise man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. You know, I dwell on these things. I dwell on these, these calls, these invitations from, from God, and I... And, um, and I ask myself, where are we as the body of Christ? Where are we in these, these calls that he has put upon us? And, um, you know, as, I, as we look at this election that's coming up, you know, as I look at the challenges the government have, has in making these moral decisions without a moral compass, you know, I'm challenged to, to make a new stand myself. You know, he said to us, he said, make disciples of nations. And I really feel like that he's called the church to lead the nations in these moral issues that are before society right now. He said, go and make disciples of nations. He's called us to be the model of what great society is. He's called us to that space. You know, when it comes to all these issues, issues of asylum and issues of, of marriage and issues of freedom and speech and issues of, of um, when a life becomes a life, you know, when... When we look at all these decisions that a government um, has to make on behalf of its people, I, f- I feel for them because they don't have this, they don't have this moral um, compass that we have called the Word of God. Well, they, they have access to it, but they're not using it right now. So I really feel like there's a call of God to his people to rise up in this place. There's a call for God's people to go to a whole new level of the model that we model for our, for our nations. Because the first thing you've got to do when you, when you lead a nation into being a disciple is that we need to be following Christ to the full measure of the gospel ourselves. And he's called us. He's called us to follow. And I was at an um, ACL, Australian Christian Lobby event recently with uh, the Honourable um, John Howard. And uh, he, said, he said that in his speech there, he said that 30 or 40 years ago, there was no need for the Australian Christian Lobby. He says, because 30-odd years ago, the moral issues of society, the governments of society were going to the church for the leading or for the advice on these moral issues. And he said, now they're no longer going to the church. He says, so now the church has had to create organisations that lobby the government on behalf of the church to uphold the Christian principles that we need to see people set free so that we can understand how to deal with, with things like marriage and things like uh, when does a life become life and freedom of speech and things, you know, what, what do we do with, with um, asylum seekers and all these different issues that touch on the moral cords of society, we now lobby the government. And we lobby the government because the church has lost a little bit of influence over the government. And God said, in, in a, you know, he said through his, through his prophet Isaiah, you know, he says, the government shall be upon his shoulders. He's talking about Christ. Shall be upon the shoulders of Christ. And we are the shoulders of Christ. 
He said, you are my body. We are the shoulders of Christ. So he's called us to stand. He said, having done all, stand, because the state of the governments of our nation is the state of the church. He's called us to be this moral compass for society, and he's called us to look afresh at what his word says, and he's called us to align ourselves with it so that we can lead the way for our nation. We can make disciples of this nation we call home. It's a new day, I think the Lord is saying. It's a new day, and it's time to dust off that great commission that he's given us. You ready to dust off the commission? You know, the, um, I've been led in the last six months to the, um, to the Sermon on the Mount, which is Jesus' first message, his key message that we read in the Gospels. And uh, it touches on some of the real amazing keys to Christian life. You know, and if you go through it, it's three chapters. It's Matthew chapter 5, chapter 6, and chapter 7. And it starts with the Beatitudes, and then it goes to the fulfillment of the law. Then it deals with hatred and lust and marriage and making oaths and going the second mile and loving your enemies, doing good, praying, fasting. It deals with investment. It deals with money. It deals with worry. It deals with judging. It deals with asking. It deals with focus. And it deals with character. Now, these are some of the things that, as a church, we've been called to lead our nations in. We've been called to lead our nations. Like the Apostle Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. So he's called the church right now to up the ante in how we follow Christ. He's called us to up the ante in, in, in acknowledging what he said to us. And I want to read from um, right at the end of this message. I want to read from that verse at the end of chapter 7 that I've asked you to open to. It's up on the screen if you don't have your Bible. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who has built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, descended and the floods came. And the wind blew and beat on that house. And it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the wind blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and it was a great fall. It's a challenging scripture, isn't it? You know, I want to submit to you that all of us have got this same call, and the call is building the house. Both of these men were called to build a house. So they had, the same, they had the same vision, didn't they? The same vision, but one built his house on the rock and one built his house on the sand. See, the blessings and the favour of God are like our house and our furnishings. We enjoy them. We, we, we experience them. Whereas the principles and the wisdom and the commandments of God are like the foundation that is under the house. See, one thing is clear and that the wind is coming. For me, it's generally when I have too much dairy. But I'm just trying to lighten it off because this is a solid message, all right? The wind is coming. See, once we've built, once we've built our house, whether we build it 
on a foundation of rock or on a foundation of sand. We are actually enjoying the house. We're enjoying the things of God. We're enjoying the favour. You know, but they have a very different foundation, don't they? Sand builders are in a hurry to enjoy the benefits of the house. See, they don't believe so much in the process or understanding or building foundations, but they love the benefits of the house. The sand builder wants to enjoy Christianity but doesn't want to have any trouble. He can't be bothered with doctrines and definitions. He's in a great hurry and he's always impatient of instruction and experience and guidance. Put your hand up if you want to be a rock builder. So we're rock builders. We're building on the rock, aren't we? Anyone want to be built on the sand? Good. All right. So when I talk about sand building, I'm not talking about any of you, okay? We're all building on the rock. See, what happens when we meet Christ, what happens when we hear the gospel is we that to discover that there's an amazing blessing in Christ. There's amazing blessings to be discovered in Christ. And we're really interested in them and we want them and we want to know something about them and we want to obtain them. Because when we hear things like, um, he's come to give us life and life abundantly, we hear that thing and it attracts us to God. But the trouble with the man who, who builds his house in a hurry and without foundation, is it only serves in times of absolute peace. See, when things are at peace, it doesn't matter whether you build on the sand or on the rock, does it? You can just enjoy the house both ways. Both guys are enjoying the same space. But it's when the wind blows, isn't it? And Jesus said to, says to us, in this world, you will have trouble. The guy doesn't believe in consulting manuals on architecture and house building. See, here's the problem with foundations. Once you've built your foundations, once you've put them down, once you've put the house on top of your foundations and the carpets are down and everything's there, you can no longer see them. That's the problem with foundations, is they're there and they do their job, but they're, they're invisible to the naked eye. See, whether you're, whether you're living in a house that's on the sand or on the rock, you know, you're experiencing the house. You're not experiencing the foundations. But what happens when the wind blows is only that house that's built on the foundations remains. And he's called us as a church to be people who remain when the wind blows. He's called, he's called the church to arise in the times of society's crisis. And when society's blowing all around, the church is like a solid rock. See, he's called us. To, 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 like he says with, his, with the armour of God, he says, having done all, stand. And you can only stand when you're standing on the foundation of his commandments, of his promises, of his grace and of his truth. And this is what he's called us to today. He's called us to arise and build new foundations. See, in the building industry, there's two key professionals that are involved before a builder does anything. One's the designer and the second is the engineer. The first is interested in style, in look, and in feel, and in the function of the house. And the second is interested in the structural integrity of the house. The sand builder doesn't believe in going to the engineer. He doesn't want plans and specifications. This detail seems unnecessary to him. 
It's not very interesting engineering, is it? Because it's invisible. It's how thick should that beam be? Sorry, Greg, we've got an engineer in the house. He thinks it's very interesting. Every time I use um, engineering examples in church, he's always frowning and looking for, the, looking for where I'm wrong and reminds me of it later. See, we don't, when we build on the sand, we're not as troubled with what the Word of God requires of us. We're interested in what the Word of God can give us. See, a house gives you warmth and comfort and shelter, but a foundation gives you strength when the house cannot hold the winds that are blowing. See, we might have, we tend to have certain interests in biblical, um, you know, grammar or phrases or prayers or things that we can invite the blessing. I remember when the prayer of Jabez become this, uh, became this amazing um, uh, fad in the church, you know, expand the borders of our territories, you know, and it's an amazing, it's an amazing prayer of blessing. And I think that we need, to, we need to believe in these promises of God. But he's called us, he's called us to worship in spirit and in truth. You know what I mean? We need to prophesy. We need to, we need to heal the sick. We need, to, we need to speak life where there is no life. We need to, to, you know, to do all these things that, that God has called us to do, to be his hands and feet and to raise people up into the things of God. And he's also called us to be rooted and grounded in his gospel and in his truth. He's also called us to be grounded in his foundation. See, we don't pick out what we like. We don't concentrate on what appeals to us. You know, we love the doctrine of love and the doctrine of healing, but we don't necessarily like the doctrine of God's truth and his law. And we don't like the doctrine of um, the justice of God. See, when we build on the sand, we're picking out what pleases us and we're ignoring the rest. I challenge, we're challenged with this when it comes to promotion in life, aren't we? I'm challenged when I look around the church and I'm, God's called me to promote people. You know, we, we, we promoted, the eldership promoted Robin and Kay Lenham into, into the position of elder today. And it's challenging to see the character of a person until trouble or offence arrives. See, we never pray for trials but the Apostle James says, count it all joy when trials arrive because they produce patience. See, my prayer is not that, that you would go through trials, but when trials arrive in our lives, I thank God because he is raising something up within us. He's raising up our character within us. And it's a challenging thing to do because trials are never fun. But he's called us, he's called us to count it all joy in our trials. Because it produces patience. And when we have patience, it produces character. And when we have character, the promotion of God becomes present in your life. And when the promotion of God becomes present in your life, you get to bless people with heavenly blessings even more. You get access to more opportunities to bless more people. You know, it says, it says in the Bible, do not be unevenly yoked. He's called us to be yoked to be in covenant, to be in partnership with people who are equally on a strong foundation. See, when you're in partnership, if you're yoked to someone who doesn't have a foundation built on the word of God, built on the truth of God, then when they fall, you're still yoked to them. Do you know what a yoke is? You know, the, the, the big 
big timber thing that goes across the top of two oxen. You know, they're tied to each other and they carry it together and he's called. He says, don't be unequally yoked. He says, make sure that you're doing life with people that have a foundation built on him, built on the rock. So what about the rock builders? Rock builders examine themselves constantly in the light of the word. They examine themselves constantly in the light of the word. If we're not reading the word in such a way as to be examined by it, we're not reading it correctly. See, he's called, we know when we have communion, when we have communion, it says in, in 1 Corinthians 11, it says, examine your, let him examine his own heart. Let him examine himself. And he's called us to examine ourselves, to, to compare ourselves to this. He's called us to, to compare ourselves to this amazing word that he's given us. I mean, Jesus says, you know, if you hear these sayings and you do them, you know, I liken you to the man who built his house on the rock. You are a wise man. The question is, do we take the whole message of scripture? Do we take the whole counsel of God? Do I accept teaching concerning the wrath of God and the love of God? See, so we read, I remember when, when we read the Bible through in a year a couple of years ago and, um, and a few people in the church hadn't done a lot of reading in the Old Testament and they read some of the stories of the war and, and God calling the people to, to seemingly do these horrific things. And it challenged people because we, have, we understand and we receive the grace of God but there is a deep call of God for the church to stand for the church to stand and understand that the state of our government, that the state of our nation is on the shoulders of the church. Rock builders are ready to believe in the righteousness of God as much as they're ready to believe in the mercy of God. See, the trouble with Sandy, guys, he never wants to feel unhappy, he never wants to feel a sense of dissatisfaction, and he never wants to feel discomfort. And there's a reason that God sent his spirit and he called him the comforter because the growth that God takes us to prepare us for his blessing is uncomfortable. Jesus says, Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, will enter heaven, but those that do the will of our Father in heaven. It says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I liken him unto a wise man. What does this mean? See, the whole Sermon of the Mount, if you read that, see, your challenge in the next, in the next week is to read those three chapters, chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 7. All right? I challenge you to do that. I challenge you to do it because what the first thing that they do is that they remind you that they're impossible. See, the call of God, the call to righteousness is impossible. It's impossible in our own strength. So the, the first thing we need to do is that we need to understand, like 1 John 1 H says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So he said it's impossible to do things. So our call is not to be perfect. Our call is not to be perfect. What is it? Our call is based on the desire of our heart. It's what we hunger and thirst for. It's what we seek first. He's saying those who, he doesn't say those who are righteous will be filled. He says those who hunger and thirst after righteousness will be filled. He's saying it's not those who are in the kingdom of God. It's those who seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then all these things will be added unto you. See, he's after the desires of your heart. He's not after perfection. This isn't a message of salvation. This is a message for the 
church to arise and to stand on a new platform and to say to our nation and the people in our lives, follow us as we follow Christ. And he's calling us to follow Christ anew today. The life of faith is never a life of ease. The life of faith is always practical. Or you could say, faith without works is dead. The life of faith is never a life of ease. It's always practical. See, the difference between faith and thought is this. It's though I may say, Lord, Lord, to the Lord Jesus... Though I may say it, there is no meaning in it unless I actually regard him as my Lord, as my Saviour. And I'm willing to become his servant. See, they understood lords and slaves back in the day, didn't they? Back in the day of the Hebrews, they understood those things where, where they understood that, they, that, that a slave was enslaved to their Lord, to their master. And we can say, Lord, Lord, please do these things in my life. And he's saying, unless you actually mean it, unless you actually regard him as Lord of your life and submit to yourself as his servant, there's a challenge. There's a problem. My words are idle words. And they don't mean, Lord, Lord, unless I obey him. Obey him. Faith without works is dead. True faith always shows itself in life. It shows itself in the person, shows itself in their general way, it shows itself in everything that we do. It's not a requirement. See, we're not saved by works, but they are evidence that we are saved. See, when we, when we choose Christ as our saviour, we become part of his body. And we have now this, he's given this call on our lives to go and make disciples of nations. And we make disciples of nations by upping the ante of how we follow Christ. He's called us to arise into a new measure of purity, not for your salvation. This is not a, this is not a message to get you into heaven. This is a message to get the rest of the world to follow us into heaven. So how can I know whether I'm a wise man? Do you feel wise? Here's a question. Once you've read those three chapters of Matthew this week, how do you feel about those chapters? Those chapters touch on some interesting issues of life, don't they? They they, They touch on our attitudes. They touch on what we believe about hatred, what we believe about lust, what we believe about marriage, what we believe about generosity, what we believe the responsibility of the church is, what we believe about um, you know, all these different things that are in there. And they're offensive to our flesh. Do you f- we ask yourself the question, am I offended by the, by the sayings of Jesus in these chapters? Am I offended by it? Do I like it when someone preaches on it? See, the rock guy, he doesn't resent the challenge of the Sermon on the Mount. He doesn't resent the challenge. He doesn't defend himself against it. See, the true believer, the true disciple of Christ, submits himself to the full gospel. You know, we know there's parts of us that aren't actually fully submitted to the gospel, but we want them to be. 
the desire of our hearts is that we want our full lives to be in submission to the gospel of God because we know that when we are, he can do great works through us. People can be blessed through us. We allow every part of the Bible to speak to us. We don't object to the pain. See, no growth is comfortable, is it? No growth is comfortable. It's actually generally painful growth, isn't it? But at the end of the growth period, there's the results. There's the fruit. This is where the action is after periods of growth. You know, the Bible has tons and tons of stories about God taking people through growth periods so that they can actually deliver his blessing. See, the problem is when you deliver the blessing of God, people see you. So he wants to prepare you to be able to carry his blessing and to be able to stand and remain after you have delivered his blessing. See, one of the biggest challenges is when we deliver the gospel is that we begin to... um, we begin to look at ourselves and go, wow, look at all this amazing stuff that I'm doing. See, but when we're built on the foundation, when we're built on the foundation of his word, of his truth, led by his spirit, when the winds blow, see, sometimes the winds are negative. Sometimes the winds are positive. See, positive winds can be just as detrimental to your health as negative winds. Positive winds tend to make you look at yourself. Negative winds tend to make you blame everyone else. See, it's not asking you whether you're sinless or perfect. It's asking you, what would you like to be? Who would you like to be like? What are the desires of your heart? See, Jesus is he's not looking for, for you to, to do or to be something. He's looking for your desire. He's looking for you to desire him first in your life. He's saying, seek first the kingdom of God with your heart. This is what he's calling you to do. And when we seek him first and his righteousness first, then he can add all these things unto us. We attempt to be holy because our desire is to know Christ. We don't just want to be forgiven. We don't just want to go to heaven, but we want to know Christ right now. We want to experience his brotherhood right now. We want to experience Christ as a companion right now, to be walking in Christ's light right now. You know, when we're saved, we've got that in eternity. When we build on a foundation of him right now, we experience it on earth. He wants us to be walking in his light right now to enjoy a foretaste of the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. This is why he teaches us to pray. This is why he gives us these things. He says, so that we, when we're wise on earth, see, wisdom on earth means we can step where he's called us to step. This is the man who's built his house on the rock. And his supreme desire and concern is that God's name and God's glory be magnified and spread amongst the earth. This is the call of God. This is the call and the desire of the man and the woman who build their house on the rock. So this is good for for us in many ways. It's good for us when we look at our own lives. It's good for us when we're about to partner with someone else in their life. You know, now here's the challenge. When you're looking at doing life 
with business, with marriage, with church, with voting in an election, with, you know, with whatever it is, the first key is to look at the foundation. I mean, how many of you have looked at our church's website and to decide what this church believes? Have you looked at our statement of faith? We could be wackos, seriously. See, what is our foundation? What do we believe? What is your foundation? See, what you believe gives you credibility and how you act on what you believe gives you power. So when we're looking at each other's lives, we're looking to be, see, everyone's house looks great. But when the storms come, when the wind blows, positive or negative, that's when we decide whether the church or whether the family or whether the husband or whether the government is the one that we want to do life with. He's called us to look at the foundation. He hasn't called us to look at the amazing paint job on the house. He's called us to look at the foundation of the house. He hasn't called us to look at the amazing paint job on the beautiful woman that you're thinking about marrying. He's called you to look at the foundation. He hasn't called you, ladies, to look at the car that the guy's driving for you to to do life with him. He's called you to look at the guy's character. He's called you to look at the guy's foundation. What foundation are you partnering with for the rest of your life? What foundation are you stepping into covenant with for the rest of your life? See, sometimes, sometimes we need to look at ourselves when we're looking at getting into a relationship. What foundation am I bringing into this person's life? See, not only, we kind of tend to think of ourselves as okay and that person's good for me. The challenge for us here is am I good for them? What is my foundation? What do I believe? What am I acting on? Both men have the same goal. They're both building a house. So the challenges in the word are many and they're tough. And the first thing we can do is follow Christ as we ask people to follow us. And I love it how Paul puts it. He says, follow me as I follow Christ. That gives you permission to lead someone when you're not perfect. And the qualifier is when you lead someone is always lead them with this motto. Follow me, but only follow me as I follow Christ. Because I'm growing as well. I'm learning to build a stronger foundation. I'm sinking new peers down to the deeper things of God every day in my life. I'm seeking to align myself with, with the sayings and the, and the heart of what Jesus has said in his Gospels every day more and more in my life. So only follow me as I follow Christ. Why doesn't the band jump up? You know, he talks a lot about inheritance, doesn't he, in the Word. And uh, we're people who create inheritance. You know, one of my favourite verses is, is which I, you've probably heard me say hundreds of times, is that a wise man creates an inheritance for his children's children. See, eternity, he wants us to build an inheritance in eternal things. And eternal things are hard to get our head around sometimes because it's hard for us to conceive in our minds. So God gives us simple things on earth like, why don't you raise an inheritance for your children's children who you don't know yet? Because what that does is it gets you out of today and it gets your focus on what you're doing into two generations or three generations' time. And when you do that, you make very different decisions today. Because you know that every decision you make today is a foundation for those, your children and your children's children tomorrow. 
See, as a parent, if you pass finance onto your children without the foundation of wisdom, they won't handle the finances that well. You can look around the world today and look at different types of inheritance. The inheritance is not the money. The inheritance is the wisdom. The inheritance is the foundation of the gospel of, and the principles of God. This is the inheritance. If you look at an entrepreneur, these entrepreneurs tend to lose over and over again, but they know the principles. And every time, every time they do something new and afresh, they're building on a, a, a better foundation. See, when I say, follow me as I follow Christ... You know, my, my um, promise to you is that every day my desire is to come a better, become a better follower of Christ, to become more sensitive to the leading of his spirit, to understand my sonship as a son of the king of all kings more and more so that when I speak to you, I'm speaking less of me and more of him. And my constant prayer is may the words of the mouth of Josh drop to the floor and may the revelation of God pierce your hearts and your minds because only that can change you. So when I speak to you, I say, follow me, but only follow me as I follow Christ. And it does two things. It focuses your attention on Christ and it has grace for me because I'm not always going to get it right. So when you speak to people, when you raise your children, when you lead your business, when you design your future, you're saying to those who, are, who, you're, who you're getting in, into life with, follow me as I follow Christ. You're saying, you know what, I'm still building my foundation. So have grace as I build and try and focus on things that align with what God has said because it is faith in him and trust in him that we will build something great. Why don't you stand with me? Let me pray with you today. See, it's not paper, scissors, rock, church. It's just rock or sand. And he's called us to build our house on the rock. So if that's you, why don't you put your hand on your heart today? Father, we decide today to go to another level in our faith. Father, we've decided that it's on your rock that we stand, Father. Lord, we choose to submit ourselves to the full gospel, Father. Lord, we thank you for the blessings of God. And Lord, we thank you for the principles of heaven, Father. We choose to align ourselves with your gospel and your truth. Father, we choose to align ourselves with the full gospel today, Father. And we declare to this nation of ours, we declare to our businesses, we declare to our community, we declare to them, follow us. But only follow us as we follow Christ, Father. And as we put our hands on our heart, Father, we say, Lord, our desire is for the things of you, for the things of heaven, for the things of your gospel, Father. And those areas that don't align with us, with you, Father, we submit them to you now for your shaping, for your sharpening, for your moulding, in Jesus' mighty name. You know, before we sing, I just want to give you the opportunity. If you don't know Christ as your Saviour, you know, we talked about, we talked about a pretty tough message today, but, but He wants you to know that we're saved by His grace. See, He's called us to live a life of purity, and, but He's saved us by grace. So if you haven't received Christ as your Savior today, today is your day. So I want to give you the opportunity right now. If that's you, if you want to meet Christ, if you want to invite him to be your Lord and Savior, why don't you just raise your hand right now? We would love to stand with you in prayer. We do this every week. We give you the opportunity to come and meet Christ as your Savior. If that's you today, why don't you raise your hand right now before we pray? Father, we just thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace and your truth. 
Lord, we receive it afresh. Lord, we commit ourselves to you afresh today, Father. And we stand on your promises, Father. Lord, we thank you that, you're, that we are worshippers in spirit, Lord, and in truth, Lord. Father, we are grounded in your truth and led by your spirit, Father. Lord, we want to see the kingdom of heaven on earth as it is in heaven, Father. So we declare, Father, that we today are going to another level, Father, of seeking your truth, of seeking your gospel, Father. And we thank you that we are builders on the rock today, Lord. No longer are we builders on the sand in any way, Father. We declare that this is a house that is built on the rock. And when the wind blows, Lord, and when the, when the, when the waves come, Lord, we are safe because we are grounded on your truth in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, we pray you've been blessed by this message from Noosa Christian Outreach Church. For more information, please check out our website at www.noosacoc.org.au. See you soon.